made your way through the swampy grass, out past the Balgo Watch Tower, and towards the great glowing artichoke. You bested the fire newts with some clever tactics, if I do say so myself. Uh, shooting arrows from one side while swimming up Navy SEAL style from the other and rescued many of the captives that these, you learned they were fire newts, um, these fire newts had in their charge. As well, you saw on a levitating palanquin, a very large toad creature come out and encant similar words that Crow heard while on the boat to enter into this plant itself. You saw some captives being pushed into this great artichoke with the uh, light from another plane seeping out, this otherworldly, indescribable pink hue. Uh, you raided the giant gourd that was also present there and found a little bit of treasure. And we ended, I believe, with you guys sort of standing in the wreckage of this plant. Does that, does that sound right? Does anyone remember anything else? Wait, did the plant, like, break apart? Or... I'll tell you're you... You're saying, like, like, the scene is, is the a The scene is... It, it's... it's uh, after it ceases glowing, and all the creatures that are around you uh, seem like they're either killed... Or I think one was subdued um, and vanished otherwise, the, the ones that went through it. it. It seems like it is just sitting there uh, inert, maybe a little bit uh, damaged, but inert. So I guess the question is then, what do you do? I Crow will uh, walk up to the artichoke and and take a really close look at it and see if there's any of that uh, magic juice still leaking out of it. Uh, without making any rolls, I can tell you it appears completely mundane otherwise uh, than, you know, the fact that it's giant. Mm. Um there's no magic aura emanating from it. Um, there's no feeling you get when you walk up close to it. Um, you look over at the gourd as well, and it looks more and more like a pumpkin. Uh, Bart, at this point, I think, was kind of like in a very exhausted state when we left off last time and was crying against one of the captives they rescued. Um, and is gonna kind of look up and just wander over to Crow and just be like, "What? What is it? What is this thing?" It's a. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is or how it got to be this way, but they were using it like a door. Um, it's hard to explain, but I saw something just like it on the boat. And when that light flashed, that weird pink light that makes you feel kind of dizzy. Um, the people touching it disappeared, and they weren't being killed. They were choosing to go through it. So I think 
these these frog creatures, whatever they are, they they have some way of magically getting around uh, using these these weird plants. Um, it's it's a lot to discuss. Maybe we should you know get back to where we can catch our breath and, and talk about it. Y- yes, as you're discussing I... that, uh, sorry to interject, but as you're discussing that, Eliander is clearly listening, but says nothing and sort of helps one of the captives up. Mm-hmm. But you can see him looking at you and listening to what you say. Uh, Bart responds, uh, Yes, I'm too, too tired. I can barely understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, I think, Crow. But you heard somebody, somebody saw somebody that looked like Molly going into uh, the manor house. And uh, Bart is going to have like a look of vague hope. He's going to be like, I I feel like we have our first real lead and I feel hopeful again. Me too, Bart. I think she's okay. All right. I'll try to gather the others up and then we'll head back. We think we need to leave anyone here to keep an eye on this thing. Is it? It's probably not important to them anymore, but I don't know. It's kind of weird to have a giant artichoke just <laughs> sitting out here. <laughs> yeah. uh, Eliander, did you know about this thing? Um, Pretty close to town. You mean before tonight? I mean, yeah, that, that, that's what uh, I was getting No, of, no. I, we saw it from Balgo Watch Tower, but I only arrived there when you did. Um, when, when the fighting broke out, I was with you, as you remember, at the barracks. Uh, could I do like a check to see if there's like disturbed dirt or something that looks like this thing like showed sure. up recently? Yeah, go ahead and make me a either nature or survival check. Your choice. Okay. If I see Bart poking around can i like help poke around as well yeah you want to aid in that uh yeah so go ahead and roll me the same check whatever bart picks and then i will do some uh, adjustment on my end i did survival i got a 14 on the die i have a plus three to survival so i got 17 17 okay and you want me to roll survival as well i want you to roll Mm -hmm. survival as well tell me what you get and i will factor that in I rolled a 17 bonus. minus one. There you go. 16. Very Spicy. good. Good start. So, okay. Nice. So a little <laughs> bit of help, definitely. Um, the two of you sort of comb around the uh, muddy earth around the base of this giant artichoke. Uh, and you see that up in its leaves, there's like the, it's opened like a flower. Um, that's the only change that you've noticed since you've arrived here. Is it, it's no longer glowing, and now it's it's starting to hang a little bit limper. Um, and you sort of hear, as you're poking around the base of it, some creaking and groaning, like maybe this plant is shifting under its own colossal weight um, and opening up. Uh, it, 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 the earth around the base, though, to answer about that specifically, um, you you have to really crouch down and kind of pry your way in there, but you see that it looks like the uh, root of this thing goes deep into the ground and is a thick, like as wide as a tree trunk, big uh, 
root complex. Uh, the stem is it's very short, almost like it's been like artichokes don't grow like this. There's no leaves, you know, coming off right. uh, a, a normal plant. Uh, and the same with the with the pumpkin. Uh, it, it's almost as if these things were like placed here and then just magically ballooned grown. to this yeah. size. Okay. Do you think that uh, some giants are growing artichokes? <laughs> well, I, I've seen some. I think I've seen at least or heard. Maybe I've read about it in a book, but druidic magic that can grow plants at increased rates. Maybe it was something like that. Because the, the evidence does seem to kind of point in that direction. I kind of doubt giants. I didn't see any giants. You could uh, surmise that the frog people you've been combating, at least the one that was on that plinth that sort of got levitated out towards the plant and disappeared, um, he came from inside the giant pumpkin, which has like a door and a window cut into it. And it seems like there's even a little bit of furnishings on the inside. Has anybody been in there yet? You guys we went in and poked it. your head in for a second and you searched okay. it. You found the furnishings and the window. Um, and that's where you also found some of the loot in a okay. uh, little box in there. The scroll of alarm, I believe, and the other stuff. Sure. You guys wrote that okay. down on your loot sheet. Yeah, it's there. And that's where you found it. It was like, maybe that stuff belonged to the great big frog. Well, I, I say we burn it, or at least looks to Eliander. Gets some of your men to come guard it, um, just in case. I mean, it's also Eliander, food, right? Yeah, Eliander was, uh, had a sort of like look in his eye when you say burn it. He says, I'm not a, a man of magic, but perhaps you said you knew things of, of the druids. Perhaps you could confer with uh, a friend of mine in town, and before we dispose of this, which we should do, I don't think we should just leave it, um, perhaps the two of you can determine if it is indeed food. Uh, and he sort of takes his sword and drags it one time across the wall of this giant pumpkin and then looks back at the rising plume of smoke and flame from the fields of corn that have burned in town. Winter is not far. Does the pumpkin just look like a giant pumpkin? It certainly does look like a giant pumpkin. Okay, so <laughs> Bart, Bart is going to go up to it and just like poke his claws into it and like tear a chunk out of it and throw it in his mouth and give it a It knowledge. takes some effort. <laughs> um, to, to wrench it free, how fibrous this thing is, but you're able to get like a chunk of the inside pumpkin meat, mm -hmm. um, and it, it it tastes like pumpkin. Mm, yes, this one uh, definitely just a big old pumpkin. The the giant pink choke thing. I'm probably gonna not just stick in my mouth, but this one <laughs> slap slap. This one's fine to eat at least. That's uh, some good shit right there. Here's slap, a slap. question. Do you know how many things you can fit inside this pumpkin? <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. 
I'm trying to separate my real my real life artichoke expertise from my character. <laughs> artichoke it's so hard. It's the hardest part yeah. of the movie. Well, uh, so, man. That's not how uh, artichokes things, work. <laughs> here, here's how artichokes work. Uh, okay. They they grow in warm climates, so I think uh, knowing that it's not from here and could be from somewhere else, we've had a lot of clues pointing towards Jordis K, which is tropical. Um, not necessarily Mediterranean where artichokes are from, but you know. Um, but also, they take a long time to grow, but they grow back in the same spot every year. So it's like once a year, the stalk would grow a new one. So it could be like a renewable food resource, but um, I don't want it to be like omniscient <laughs> Zach knowledge I mean, jumping in here. Yeah, I, I think that that's all really interesting stuff. I have no idea what you guys are going to do with these giant plants, but like I will tell you just straight up, they seem just like now, like whatever happened while they maybe were not giant plants before. Maybe they grew like this. You don't really know, but they certainly seem to just be giant plants now. Right. right. And whatever that means for the future, it's up to you. Um, I'll say that you even find um, out, out behind the pumpkin is the pulp from inside, including pumpkin seeds that Ooh, are that the does. size of Bart. Whoa. Wow. Huge. We can make little awesome. boats out of them and sail down the river. You, I think you could make like a sled out of, <laughs> out of the, yeah. Anyway, we're getting into weird territory here, but what do you guys <laughs> do? That's territory that. <laughs> I all mean, this while, oh yeah, sorry, go for it. No, go, go oh, cars. Yeah, all this while, cars, cars is just, he's just helping, uh, round the folk up, kind of help direct them. Um, probably talked to the Dwarven guards woman to like, you know, try to yeah. get things orderly and get them on their way out. So he's just, as he lets our more arcane inclined folk discuss all this going on. Okay. I think then the, the, the guard sort of, uh, composes herself. Um, and, and she probably thanks you again. Um, and, she she gets a weapon from the ground and, and looks like she's like you know ready to help and protect you know you guys aren't really totally certain what's out there still there's no sounds of combat anywhere on the horizon it seems like all went quiet after the artichoke was uh lit up or whatever you want to call that event that happened there um Oh, um, what's yeah. who's watching our captive right now? I remember we have one of those. Um, I think that the dwarf, uh, I'll say that the, the dwarf guard, she grabbed the weapon. And in the same moment that all of this is happening, this investigation, she's okay. uh, taken now the it, the tables have turned on the uh, the one captive, I believe a fire newt that you have. Yep. Knocked Perfect. out unconscious. Um, and they are just hold these townspeople and some of them look like guards that were captured are just holding weaponry at them. Is unconscious too. I, I it's unconscious. That. It's good to I know. I don't think that you guys uh, bound it. Um, uh, Crow has manacles and she'll produce those and walk over and okay. make sure um, the fire new is secured. Okay. So you reach down and put the manacles on the fire new? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I think we actually do, have two sets, too. Okay. As you do, you're going to take one point of fire damage as you touch okay. its skin. And you just realize, like, ah, okay, Yowch. I can only do that for, like, a second. And you sort of, you know, put them around the uh, the fire newts, oozing sort of, uh, it's not, like, on fire, but mm -hmm. it looks, like, glowing hot. And it's, like, 
juicy, oozy skin. It's like magma covered, sort of. Yeah, it's like magma, but if, if magma was a mucosal membrane. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking about. Great. Yeah. So magma you're mucus. able to get it on and, and you kind of have to like use your boot to like kick its hands yeah. into the right place and get you get them clicked on there. I think Man, as I, all this I was, is happening. My bad. Sorry, I just want to say one thing, and then yeah. please. I really wanted to get a chance to grapple you guys with these these fire oh, nukes, <laughs> and then ask you, are you wearing any metal armor? But didn't get to happen. Darn it. Um, <laughs> go on. Uh, I was just gonna say, I think as uh, like trees is going around like trying to help out with uh, whatever anyone else is doing. I think that they're also looking at their gross-ass shoulder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, ah, that does not smell so good. Yeah. Okay. And are you going to be just examining it with more time now? Is the um, idea? Yeah, probably. Okay. So I think we sort of see trees like you, you fully peel your armor off from that yep, shoulder. my and, wounds a little bit. Oh, don't like you, it. You clean up and that wound... Unlike your other ones that maybe have knitted from magic even and from just time, that wound is continuing to bleed. Um, and you see a like oval-shaped bite wound that is deep bite. Um, and the flesh inside the oval looks like it was like chewed up and spit out. <laughs> That's pretty rough. Lovely. <laughs> um, <coughs> yeah, um, I'll try to like bandage it, I guess, or okay, make a medicine clean it out. Yeah, It'd be my pleasure. Yes, <laughs> um, that's a uh, <laughs> what is that? That's a what is my medicine? That's four minus one is three. Oh no! Good job. Good job. Yeah, You're fine. you uh, <laughs> look at it and you you just think to yourself, like, there's no way that I can do anything to make this wound close right now. Like, I think you've been healed, right? So have you you've used healing magic on yourself? Healing potion. You healing potion? Since then. I yes. took yeah. yeah the one yeah. healing potion. That's you took a healing was. potion and you're like. You've been in enough scrapes in your life and, and had magical healing. You understand that the same mechanism is at work in a potion of healing as in a healing spell. It's magic knitting your wounds back into the form that your body took before, right? It, it somehow knows how to heal your body in a way that your body can't on its own with time. This wound is unaffected by that. That seems pretty normal, right? <laughs> uh, well, Bart is sucks. Bart is going to be showing the guards like uh, how to clean and dry the seeds like and plant the pumpkin seeds in the field and stuff <laughs> like that and then they're, they're like listening but they're also like can we go back yes um, and then uh, Bart is going to like trip over himself halfway like through walking around and like fall kind of like on his chest and then be like oh god and then get up and be like, I need, I think I need to take a nap or something. I just good. But we'll come back for the seeds, uh, says one of the kind of dirty looking uh, people who was taken from their home in the middle of the night. So Bart is going to lean on Ibby and just start like hobbling back towards. Uh, so we're not on the map anymore, but there are... was. Go ahead. 
there was like a way out that was kind of brought, blocked by brambles right to the northeast. Yeah, I remember correctly. that is true. Right, we're back on that map now. Can you guys yeah. all see again? Yes. Yes. It's it like loads. being back there. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, um, there is a way back through here between this brambles is where you'd like to go. Does I think Bart. Pumpkin have wheels. Oh wow! The pumpkin does not have wheels. It is, is it another uh, cart? Not a carriage. <laughs> no, it is. I'll tell you how wide and how big it is now that we're back on this map. Though, it is thirty feet wide, probably forty feet in another dimension, and another like you know thirty feet tall or so. That would man, that would definitely win a, a county fair out in the Midwest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely that would. With State fair. Is there is there a glass slipper in there for Bart? Can Bart have a glass <laughs> no? Slipper? There's no wagons, no glass slippers. Sorry. Bippity but what does he like to do with this this uh, palisade built from oh. scrap and seaweed and a, a wrecked dinghy? Oh uh, yeah, Bart is going to move over there and um, leaning on Ibby is going to start just uh, casting shape earth, move earth, the cantrip ah. to like burrow a little way through and like fill in that okay. trap it looks like and just make yeah. a pathway through <laughs> the had you actually gone that route and i had made you made perception yeah. check and stuff you would have found a spike trap area yeah. there yeah but instead you guys did a pincer attack which is pretty cool um but yeah you you fill up the spike trap and you see there's like smashed barrels and all sorts of detritus um i think you even see it for a moment there uh you you push around a cigar box and you see the uh receiving port stamped on it and it says schloss glesher wow hmm. can i do a quick perception check to see if there's uh maybe any boxes or little knickknacks that catch my eye um as you sift through I i'll just tell you you don't need to make me a check but as you sift through it's clear that some of this wooden stuff comes from like the jolly boats and tenders okay. that were from some of the ships the uh dergoth the sessler and the Icewerfel, um among the other six you know ships so right. uh then bart it's clear is that just... there's some crossover right. bart is just gonna make it like until further notice then be making his way out of here okay the cars will so definitely make I, a mental note of that um, in preparation yeah. for a report to send back to Schloss Gletcher. So he's definitely committing that to the, yeah, the, the The debris from some of the wrecked ships a couple of days journey away wound up here in the Kingfisher River. Now you can see on the map here, this is a boat, you know? Yeah. That's a boat. Um, there's barrels mounded all over the place. Maybe, you know, long pieces of uh, of wood that you look, they're rounded and they have like ropes tied on them. They must have been riggings and all sorts of uh, components of the masts and sails of ships. So, uh, but you guys go back to town. Is that the general idea here? Yeah, let's, uh, I say we get just moseys on back with prisoner in tow. Mm -hmm. With prisoner in tow. Um, I, here's I a question. put my leather armor on. And, yeah, <laughs> okay. Here's a question. How are you going to transport the prisoner? It is unconscious, shoot. And it is, like, blazingly hot. Drag him with the chain? I don't know. <clears throat> Find it. Does someone have a chain? Looking. Cars does not have a chain. Nope. 
we can, uh, how long does it take to get back to town from where we are? I mean, we're I mean it would minutes, take right? five, ten minutes of walking yeah, so. in a straight direction to get back to the tower, right? You're like making your way through the the grass of that. Like it's not there's no road. You're just out in the swamp. Here, yeah, at the edge of where the Kingfisher River, like if you look on the on the town map, the Kingfisher River sort of coalesces right here out yeah. of snaking tributaries and marshland in every direction. Um, so like you, you'd make it back in a few minutes to the south or uh, the south west side of town. Um, but if you want to go back to the middle of town, it's going to take you like 15, 20 minutes to walk there. I was thinking just we could send someone back to you know, get carts and supplies to help move sure. the valuable things. So like uh, not- have you guys remain here and babysit this place while people come back and tend to it or who's gonna stay i think i mean cars was i mean he has to gra- stop and grab star anyways so okay. maybe it'd behoove cars to like walk out get you know star and i think he left his armor over there just grab his stuff he left there sure. ride into town spread the word of what just went down and okay to get some people moving but you guys are willing essentially to stay and help coordinate the looting of this place and and the securing of the possible uh, food source I mean like sure. if we have hundreds of gigantic pumpkin seeds that might potentially all grow gigantic pumpkins then that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's the new cash crop of Ring that is the right new there. cash crop this could change the landscape of Kazur it, it could. could it could um, okay. post scarcity pretty soon <laughs> all because of giant pumpkins um, just think about the okay. cucumber beetles that it'll attract no oh, god, god oh god I'm already picturing it. The vine borers okay, so, are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be a fun Okay, so, so, but but essentially, I think the picture is here. You guys help coordinate securing this area. People come in, and you see, even over the next hour or two, um, they're they're looking for their loved ones. People are still putting out fires all over the town. You see that during the time that you've been fighting on this western and southern part of, of the town here, you you didn't really go over back towards where you first entered, back at Crabber's Cove and the and the cemetery on the other far side. Um, trees, I imagine, as you walk back in, you probably catch a glimpse of that side of town uh, and think about what happened tonight and you see that a couple of the buildings around where you were have now caught fire. Ah, shit. So the battle touched that area too, it seems. Okay. So I think maybe you guys find your way after an hour or two through this wreckage here, helping people as you can, still riding the adrenaline, not sure if it's really over. And then it settles into everybody. It's over. And now we need to pick up the pieces. And the little clinic that you set up at Oland House is now running overtime, and people have gathered there in large numbers. And as you guys pass by, uh, maybe finding your way back to your room, uh, trees, especially to get some of your things there. Um, you you are hailed with me. Was that when when you when you went back there? You grabbed your things. Yeah. yeah. So but I guess do you guys go back to Oland House? Is the question. I think so. Yes. That's right. where we were staying. So I that's where you were staying. That's yeah. something I'd like to do when we get there. 
Okay. So, but basically what I was saying is as you get back to Oland House and you sort of like settle into the notion that like no one's looking for you in this city. There's no guards being like, what are you doing here? There's no bullywugs fighting you. You're not here with the rust tied rider just right there. Everything is sort of just like settled. And now I want to ask what you guys do. Um, as we make our way into Olin House, I go. There's like a board with tasks on it, right? Yeah. I go to the board and I write "Save Wrinklebing" and then I cross it out and then I give a hoorah <laughs> and fall asleep. <laughs> nice. Okay, I think a bunch of uh, of the nice wine is brought out, uh, and probably people who are like of that kind of persuasion of celebrating. There's probably some singing on rooftops as the night winds at down to dawn and. Uh, there's the spirit of Rinko Bing is indomitable. Very nice. Yeah, I think Bart coming back and seeing that the the infirmary is kind of running on like overdrive is going to kind of like stumble in and sit there for a little bit. And... Okay. Uh, do they do they, do they do they do like food and drink here, right? They yeah, do. I mean it's 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 not like a restaurant, but it's it's like a, this is a workhouse. Um, this is a place where if you're down on your luck, you can come. Sure. And as long as you work, you have three square meals uh, and a bed. And as you guys are spending time here, you notice that some ships come back into port, um, having seen what was going on probably from offshore, and now being like, "What the hell? What the hell?" And now they're back. And three fishing ships pull up to Oland Pier and the adjoining pier. They all seem to belong to Oland House and empty a whole bunch of people off that are like worried and all coming up to speed. Uh, and you can see all across all the docks in town, all the ships come back in. All right, uh, Bart is going to sidle up to wherever they like the cafeteria area of the place and mm -hmm. gesture who, if anybody's manning the station, if and, and ask you, you got any any brew back there? Whiskey. And there's there's bottles being passed around the room by people who are commiserating, uh, some of them in happier states than others, some being like, I can't believe we survived, and some of them being like, I lost somebody, and just drinking to numb the pain. So Bart's going to get a glass of whiskey and nurse it for a while, and then right. down, down the whiskey, and going to work probably until he passes out trying to stabilize as many people and drinking whiskey probably i would imagine okay. until like i don't know what time is it right now it's in the wee hours of the morning hmm. so probably like until it starts getting bright and then it'll just like pass it starts out. getting bright and you realize you just like you're so spent you've done so yeah. much in 48 hours and he'll just like end up curled up in a corner with his with his cup and just pass and i think out. we see um tim the guy who helped you guys get into Oland House. At a certain point, he's wasted too, and he survived, and he comes over, and he lays like a jacket over you, and gets you a, a couple of pats, and the oh. camera sort of pans out, and people are like walking around still doing stuff, and you're just passed out. Um, in general, I would say one detail that you guys should know is that you're, you're hailed by people with big smiles. People look at you and they seem to recognize you. The pretty boys are famous. <laughs> you guys have anything else you want to do in these, in these wee hours of the morning? I, I want to hear from everybody if they want to say something. Karzalek is 
absolutely beat. He has the look of someone who honestly just doesn't want to talk to anyone, doesn't want to sure. really do anything. He, he heads straight to the room, drops his gear, drops his armor, and he his mind is whirling. He, he knows he has stuff to do, but at this point, it's one of those, like, I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Today was two days. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Okay. More like a couple months. Yeah, today was a couple <laughs> of months. <laughs> uh, Crow, uh, she will um, just tell whoever the closest person in her group is. Probably Trees is available in the room still. And, and just say, hey, Trees, um, I need to walk and think for a bit. I'll be back. Yeah, uh, don't wander too far alone, but, you know, you you can take care of yourself. I'll be fine. And she's going to go for a walk. Do I um, believe Crow when she says that she's going to be fine? Crow believes that she'll be fine, but maybe uh, maybe there's more to going for a walk than just, you know, yeah, clearing her head. She has a specific plan in mind. Okay, so trees would follow if uh, if he wasn't so freaking tired and yeah, uh, okay, <laughs> fucked up with the shoulder wound. <laughs> well, I'm gonna zoom um, in then here, um, back to Oland House where your your party token is. Let's just assume everyone else is there. Crow, you're that token. Um, I'm going okay. to give you control of it. Oh, the little red die, the red the D20. little red die there, the little red cool. D20. You should be able to control it now. All right, uh, cool. Uh, let me see. You just tell me where yep, you I go. Can. Okay. Uh, well, first, my uh, mechanics question is: Did we have a yeah. chance to, to do like a five-minute short rest, or however long it is, an hour? Just to... it has to be one hour. Yeah, you can absolutely. You can spend an hour okay. short resting, and then yeah. I mean, I'd like to whatever. you know get my hit points back before I leave, just yeah. because. Then go ahead, everyone. Take a short yeah. rest. Um. Let's see. But it is still the wee hours of the morning at this point. Right. Okay, one, two. Keep going. All right, that's nine. That's a math. With yeah. cars effectively out, um, could I just say cars is in the process of engaging in a long rest? You <laughs> can absolutely say that, though I have to say, because one of the players in the party is doing this and saying, hey, have we been able to take a time for a short rest? Right now, I want you to take a short rest. I see, understood. And then yeah, we uh, were chilling at the uh, the artichoke spot for a minute, so we probably had time there. Yeah, we over guarding. the I'm I'm saying now a couple of hours have passed in this nebulous fashion. I, let's leave it loose. Like the night of the battle for Valgo Watch is now approaching the dawn, and like as it is getting light, Bart passes out, Karzalek and Trees go and pass out, and Crow is right around the twilight of dawn. You know, for while it's uh, trying to take advantage of any remaining darkness. Sure. Um, it is definitely dim light still. Yeah, she uh, heads out to the main road and uh, she starts just casually making her way. Uh, this is east, right? Uh, that is up. east. Yep. Back yeah. towards the cemetery. If you were heading that direction or towards yeah, um, Cove. and kind of you know, taking in the sites, seeing the general status, like are the fires okay. you know, being the fires controlled are, are somewhat? Out. They're, okay. they're smoking now. There's plenty of water in this seaside town. They even have, like, rudimentary hand pumps with hoses. So it, it, okay. it's quick work. Um, as it I like had... Salt water and burning stuff, though. 
Okay. Um, as I head um, east, kind of on the path towards the cemetery, are there a lot of people around? Um, so yeah, as you reach this intersection that we last saw with trees going up the cliffs instead of following um, towards Crabber's Cove, you know, it sort of splits in these two levels. Um, there are not a lot of people out on the streets here. Um, you see one gathering of people actually up at the uh, the building closest to, I'll ping it here on the map, closest to the cemetery. There is a gathering of people outside of that large building. Okay. Uh, let's see. I would like to not be seen uh, and okay. get to the cemetery. That's my goal. You could here. go um, back the way you guys kind of went. Yeah. Through, our, our entry um, path. Your entry path. Cut back through the. This cornfield here did not get uh, burned, but it looks okay. like it got trampled a little bit. So you could go through that cornfield and around that farm and back up, you know. Yeah, my, my goal is to, is to reach the spot where uh, Joby met his untimely end without being okay. spotted. You, I think you can get there. You okay. you get back to the crypt. Uh, does you it look like it's back been... to that map? Oh, yeah, sure. That'd be great. Okay, let me see if I can, but but go ahead in the meantime. Uh, yeah, Um. first I want to look and see if it's been disturbed in any way, both from within okay. or from without. Uh, since we've been here, it's only been yeah. a day, right? It's been a day. Uh, I think closer it's to sad two token. now because you guys, <laughs> you came in, right? And that was in the middle of the night. And then you spent a night at Oland House. And then the okay. night following that, right? That was when you went on the boat at sunset. The next day, you went onto the boat. And then by now, it's like, you're kind of like, 36 hours past that, I think. So, um, but you're back here. All right. I was slowly and cautiously and expecting the ghost of Joby to emerge and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. murder her at any moment. Uh, she will make her way towards the crypt where uh, he died. Okay. Um, as well as we met that uh, skeletal. Uh, that was the alchemist skeleton, I think we were presuming. It was the crypt of the alchemist, and a skeleton yeah. emerged from the sarcophagus, yeah. yes. Um, the spot where we buried Joby. Um, okay. I want to look for like a corner of the mausoleum or a branch of a shrub or something nearby. And I'm okay. going to uh, hang the piece of teal fabric that I pilfered on it. Uh, and uh, uh, just to make it kind of look like, you know, someone was leaving here in a hurry and they left something behind. Okay. And so you walk up to this crypt and you rifle through your, your pack and you grab this piece of teal fabric. Mm -hmm. And so you walk right up to the crypt and find somewhere on it to place on it. Yep, as quietly and slowly and expecting to meet her, her death. Sure. Greatness. Okay. <laughs> so... Um, very paranoid of... Uh, of um, people coming from beyond the grave right here. Sure. So, um, you notice only one thing as you finally get in the, like the sun rises as you reach the grave. It peaks over the hill and the light kind of like you squint your eyes and you're, you're blinded by it. But then you look down and the slab of earth that, uh, 
was like reinforced by Bart's spell, packing it back in. It looks like it's been like mended. Like the crack has been like grouted or, or uh, mortared over. Um, she is definitely more scared now than she was a few, few minutes ago. So she's going to hurry and just um, put this piece of fabric, uh, trying to set the scene to maybe someone else to find. Um, okay. uh, she'll tear it if it needs to be torn, so it looks like it tore sure. off someone's clothes. And sure. as quickly as she can, she will quietly get out the way she came in. I like I like this image. I'll suggest this if it's all right with you. Um, there's sure, that please. spot of ruined wrought iron fence that Joby yeah. himself hopped over that has the spiky iron coming up from it. Like right there, like one piece That's, of fabric sounds great. torn mm -hmm. on one of the, the likely place to tear your clothes. Exactly. And like you yep. saw literally, I think he got caught on it at one point. That's um, perfect. Then. So you put you pin it there. And yep. you look back at the the mausoleum, and it's it looks like almost more undisturbed than when you first arrived, and it had been broken open. Uh, she will kind of look back, you know, looking for signs of movement, and she'll kind of quietly say, "Now you just stay there, Joby. Okay, you don't need to follow me." And then she will be. <laughs> All right, and you'll you'll leave. Okay. Oh, I love As it. you're great. leaving, can you make me a perception check? Oh, boy. And uh, I think I used my inspiration from before, so I no longer have that <laughs> available. Um, perception. Where do I have that? I rolled a six. six. Oh, boy. You make it down to past where you see this gathering of people now in the distance and in the mm -hmm. in the dim light uh, you find yourself having to like really duck down in the grass if you're wanting to remain hidden yes. um uh and you see this gathering of people and they are holding hands and swaying together outside of what looks like now in the light a big stone temple right next to the cemetery they look like they're all grieving together over there and um people walk right up to the edge and of this cliff and you can see the sea on the horizon with the sunlight glinting. It's a really clear day now and the wind is sort of picked up a bit and they look at each other and they hold hands and they hug each other and then they just fling themselves off this cliff. Uh, she'll just stop in her tracks and watch this scene for a minute. It's yeah, there's almost too many things uh, in her mind right now to make sense of one more thing. And um, the next person walks up to the cliff and they turn and a, an older woman comes and hugs them. And an older man comes up and places a hand on on this figure's shoulder. And you look at its face and as clear as day, like you're seeing him five feet away from you. You see Joby and then he jumps off the cliff. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, so try to forget that she saw that. And she will uh, head back to hopefully safety. Okay. Back at Owen House. And I think you get back and you 
find that there's a bed and people are like, oh, we, we saved you a room, you know, and you probably get more attention than you'd like when you arrive back. Yeah, I'll smile and say, th thank you, thank you. And, uh, and crash. And you crash hard. Boom, it's now 4 p.m. the next day. You guys all wake up at random times around then. Bart, they moved you to a bed at some point. Yeah, Bart is gonna like roll out of the bed onto the floor. Clutch his head and be like, fucking. I forgot how bad this can be. And he's gonna stumble down the stairs and go get a little bit of hair of a dog to help him out. <laughs> oh man. There's there are people um still kind of drinking a little bit and the kitchen's a bit of a mess um there's some people they even put a bed in one corner of the kitchen with a guy who's got a wound to his shoulder yeah <clears throat> i think bart will uh just if if somebody's not behind the counter immediately he'll like maybe grab a, a dirty glass on the counter and then just like go over to a half open bottle of whiskey and pour himself a drink yeah there's someone who is probably cooking or cooked at some point but uh there's like a kettle bubbling with something that smells like fish and um the the guy wearing the white but very dirty clothes uh is outside smoking a cigarette all right well uh bart's gonna quaff his drink uh, smack his lip a lips a couple of times get it like a clearer look in his eyes and uh, set out to run some errands. To where? Run some errands. Brand new yes. day, I guess, for Bartholomew's FUD. Yes. Um, okay, so everybody, let's that was a great, nice, long decompression, I think, from that traumatic event for you and the town. I have a list of housekeeping things here. And I want to see what things you guys want to do first. I'm not going to list all the different things you could do here. because There's a lot of loose ends right now. But I guess Bart is going where? Bart is going to go see Eliander. Go That's see Eliander. Does yeah. anyone else want to go with Eliander? Bart, are you trying to leave without the party? Uh, Not necessarily. I think but I think that Bart is not in the best shape right now, even after resting. So I think that he's not sure. necessarily thinking about it. But if he sees like somebody else is waking up, he'll like definitely talk. Sure. To them and stuff like okay. That. Go ahead and take a long rest, everyone. Yeah. Oh, right. So remind, remind again. What's the alternate rule we're using for long rests for healing? Right please. now. Yeah. So right now, uh, we're we're not going to begin that alternate rule right now. I want you okay. guys to heal back up to oh, full. Yeah. But yes, in the future, we're going to be using an alternate rule for long rests versus uh, the traditional fifth edition rules, um, just to make it so that if you get reduced to one hit point and then go sleep for eight hours, you don't automatically feel fine every time. You know. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that's neither here nor there right now. I want you guys to take a up until now the way we've been doing it and traditional fifth edition long rest. That means all your HP, all your spell slots and abilities come back and half your hit dice total. Yeah. Half your hit dice. Hmm. So I have, I have different size hit dice. Do you know how I decide yeah. which ones? Um, actually, I, I actually only spend D6s, so I'll just take yeah. um, 
two of those back, I guess. Yeah, I think it's up to you which ones you regain. Yeah, yeah I think you get to choose which ones. Yeah, you have a certain number of die, and you can regain the ones okay. that you can lose. Um, you guys should think about what you want to do, and maybe even discuss as a party really quickly what you are going to do here. Um, like, I know Bart's going to go see Eleander, but like, feel free to table talk this out. This is a big moment, I think, for the story. So, yeah, carry yeah, on. I'm, I'm going to grab Aaron a beer. side quest. <laughs> I think I think we should all independently do things and not tell anyone else what we're doing. What Always do you think? split the party. Yes, completely split up. Don't connect anything together. Keep this your secrets. Really make Ben work for it. For <laughs> really, like one guy's like, I'm gonna go see Elian, and the other one's like, I'm gonna start a brawl in the street. I'm gonna, go go like, from. I'm gonna go yeah, kill Eliander. Yeah, girl's like, I wanna go sneak on another ship. <laughs> Let's fuck? really make this hard for Ben. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go back to the giant artichoke. Like, you yep. go back to the giant artichoke and go no, hang out there. Melted butter and go <laughs> tear off a leaf. Oh man! I think oh, as wow. far as table talk wise, I'm interested in uh, in going back to like getting word back to Slosh Gletcher, talking to Eliander, talking to Jonathan Fromm to make sure that he's good back out there because I think it's been the amount oh, of time. Yeah. That we he should be coming into town on his own. Go back, yeah. Jonathan and from, maybe he got attacked or something. Maybe so yeah, yeah, the, the amount of time that he said that he would wait until coming to check on you guys if you had not returned to his boat. I have listened back to the episode in preparation for this to make sure I had it right. He said, Maybe this weekend I'll come into port. I'm just a trader looking to sell me wares. So right now it is the morning of Oath Day. The fourteenth. That's a Wednesday in our in our world. Sorry, it's a Thursday uh, okay. in our world. Got a few days then. Uh, so he's got Friday, and then he could come in Friday night, and it would be the weekend, right? Or Saturday and Sunday. So by your plan, he's got a a longer timeline still before he comes in. You cool. also, I would say, you would know that he was not that far away. He was hidden in the reeds in this big river delta this mouth that has a few little islands and some some foliage but it's mostly just like marshy grassy riverside and he just hid the boat somewhere out there and you guys walked in minutes away from town so you have no idea what happened to jonathan from or the boat without going he's and dead. checking on him or waiting for him to show up those are your only options he's dead it's a boy he's one dead. vessel now <laughs> he's totally dead <laughs> uh, one of them has his head on a stick already they took and, that nice hat yeah. i bet uh, yeah. uh, fast forward, you guys fighting a boss in the future, and it's got the hat. But, yeah. <laughs> so That's what Bart, I would do. Bart is going to go talk to Eliander and try to get an audience with authorities, right. and maybe Eliander to organize some search parties and like you know lost posters and stuff like that, and try to swing the clout okay. so that they work with us, buy sure. some stuff in uh, preparation for going into this haunted house. And then try to gain more information on the haunted house as well. That's generally my order of operations. Freeze wants to tag along. Tag, tag along. All right, so Carzalek. maybe treat. Oh, yep. No, go for it. Sorry. Uh, yeah, cars are like, I guess if we're going down the list real quick. Um, cars is right now, new day. Uh, he is just going to go try and find some parchment and a writing utensil and he his priority right now is to write a report 
to uh, Angelo Dieterkind, probably also amended to Theo Kastner back in Schloss Gletscher, and find this Winston that the party was instructed to, if they needed a contact yes. to reach out to. He's going to see if hopefully Winston is alive. <laughs> yep. And if so, uh, Cars does have a tingling, the slightest tingling of apprehension in the back of his head. Like The dots are slow to connect, but he it ha will have a growing concern that if this happened in Rinkobing, what is Schloss Gletscher in danger at all? Or has this happened yeah. on a grander scale? This was a this was in from everything Ben has described and laid out for us, this was, was an large all like full on tactical assault on a town. This wasn't just some paltry raid. So I am not done actually, Ben. I do have a report sure. that I'm gonna send to you on the side of oh, like literally oh. what cars will have written. Yeah. Um, in case great. it helps yeah, you figure anything out. But so cars Absolutely. wants to write a report back to the Schloss Gletscher saying what happened and with the goal just so y'all know he is intending basically to continue the mission unless he gets word back from them like you got to come back now like stuff is going down yeah. he, which he would totally drop everything right now to ride back for the sake of his home so right now find writing stuffs write this report find winston okay let's just do like you said let's go down the list of everybody i think this, this is great i'm i'm taking notes here of, of what uh what what you guys are wanting to do and we'll make sure that we get to those uh things one at a time here um trees you're tagging along is there anything else like you you wake up in this room at oland house and i think you also kind of get the sense as you're going about your day seeing that bart's getting ready and mentioning oh i'm gonna go talk to eliander and seeing that karzalek is like i'm gonna write this report uh you also get the sense that there's like the townspeople are kind of eyeing you they're you know they're everyone at oland house remembers the series of events that led up to you guys coming back over the bridge, which is not that far from there, and like triumphantly helping them. Um, oh, they're good eyes. Yeah, I'm getting good eyes. You're getting good <laughs> okay. eyes. Like people, people are so eyeing you like, <laughs> like they're looking at you. And then when you look at them, they look away like they're staring at you like they enjoy it. And um, I wink and it's... smile at anyone who looks at me too long. Okay. So a couple of people come up to you and want to talk. And they're like, I can't believe that you did that. We saw, you know, on the on the bridge. And then when you guys came over and then we uh, you went off with Eliander and every and the light at the at the end there, it was like like fireworks. Oh, you know, it's a uh, it's always a team effort. I never do anything on my own. That's for sure. Did you see, did you see in the, in the paper? Oh, uh, no, I have. Oh, I oh, and, and this, this group of people go running over and they grab the, this morning's paper. And I'm going to show you guys a handout here. <laughs> oh boy. Ben's um, favorite thing to do. <laughs> so there's a, there's a paper. Go ahead. Uh, trees. Do you want to yeah. read this? That All what right. you see here? Should I do it in Trees voice or in newscaster Oh, absolutely. Voice? I think, you, uh, you know what? Your choice. Or Trees as a newscaster? I don't know. <laughs> okay, that sounds fun. Um, <laughs> Rinkobing, Oath Day, 14th of Lamashan, 1249. Battle for Balgawatch. Our beloved township has been victimized by a rabble of awful frogmen from the swamps of Balgolfjord. <laughs> if it were not for the brave intercession of the guard captain Eliander Fireborn 
and the valiant sacrifice of our town militia who rose to fight the Batrachian horrors. Your humble reporter fears that many more lives and livelihoods would have been lost. Rumors circulate about the brave heroes that were seen in the several key locations during the onslaught, fighting back alongside our dutiful guards and the seer Romal. Though not all of our friends and family are with us now, we believe that the victory in the battle is a bellwether of things to come. Rest assured, noble citizens, your loved ones will be reunited with you soon. And those who are gone forever, their sacrifice will not be in vain. Memorial services will be held at the leap at... And it says, like, uh, sunset. The memorial services are going to be held at sunset um, at a place called the leap. Uh, and you, you know, it's in the afternoon now. You can see where the sun is hanging in the sky as Bart wants to go to talk to Eliander and Cars is looking for a parchment and finding it. Um... And you think, wow, in a couple of hours, there's going to be some sort of ceremony somewhere at the Leap. Okay. Uh, and you see b beneath this article uh, of the Rinkobing Rag newspaper, there is a drawing, a really nice illustration, actually. Um, and let me see. Uh, it's it's an illustration of, of you guys at the bridge. And it's uh, Ramal and a dark... Uh, cloth wearing figure flying and uh, hurling weapons and spells down at this horrible beast that's rearing back on on its hind legs um, with little frogmen with horrible ugly faces drawn on them uh, and there's uh, there's other three heroes standing on the bridge one riding up to charge at this beast uh, and another at the back stomping and clapping with a, a ghostly dog with him and then there's one that's just taking a a long arcing shot with a bow from a long way away and you can see there's a bullseye drawn on the head of a frog knight ah, it's like you one see, of those now this is what i'm talking about <laughs> like one of those political like uh <laughs> God. Like caricature no. cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is I don't. It's, uh, oh God. Distasteful depictions the of bullywugs. <laughs> oh yeah, very distasteful. Like yeah. horrible Jesus depictions Christ. of these frog people. Like uh. they are demons. Like one of them has like a mustache drawn on him. One of them has little horns. Um, one of them is, is depicted wearing a diaper. Like it's oh God, no Ben. Yeah. Don't, this is not Ben Garrison. Does not live in Rinko Bend. Please don't. <laughs> it is. Listen. It is a. It is a definitely uh, fearful depiction of what happened. Great. But they're trying to, you know, they're trying to say like, hey, look, we fucking won. Like, and look, not only did the captain of our guard get in there, and like Eliander's in the picture too, looking really brave and like in this big suit of armor, ten years younger than he is, and. Uh, you know, you guys are depicted alongside it, and trees are holding this newspaper while these excited people are like, look at, look, you, look, you're a hero! And you get flashes of when uh, Crow said, direct your praise to trees! <sighs> and they all just went up to talk to the council uh, when you guys saved Floss Glesher from the pirates. We're gonna have to start a branch of twigs here as well. <laughs> Uh, ranch. <laughs> good, good times. Good times. 
I'll see um, myself out. <laughs> Does God. anyone else more, do more? Yeah, I gotta, gotta gotta make like a tree and leaf. Get out of here. <laughs> do it now. My bark um, is worse um, than my bite. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so so uh, pro, you wake up. Um, coincidentally, the, the the first thing she wants to do is in a panic, she runs out to find a newspaper. So it's nice that you've already shared one with us. Oh well, there you um, go. Yeah, the newspaper. You you probably read this in your own voice, like sullenly, I imagine. Like uh, she skips over the battle thing. She doesn't really care about that part. Um, ah, she's okay. looking more for like uh, she might you know, read the part about the leap because that sounds a lot like what she saw uh, mm -hmm. the prior night. But she's looking to see if the Joby news has fallen off the off the front page at least. Yeah, um, there's no mention at all of uh, a missing Joby. That's not okay. So now she believes that what she saw before was a figment of her guilty mind. Okay, good. Hmm. Perfect. Awesome. Everything's good. Only going insane. Totally fine. <laughs> no, no, no. Totally good. Okay. So I think the first thing that I did when I woke up was check on my shoulder to see how it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, it's stinky now. Yeah. It's just stinky, and um, it's not, like, actively bleeding, but that's only because it's scabbed over outside of the wound where it's normally bleeding. Oh, yeah. That that uh, that cheese will age nicely. Yeah. yeah. Um, your fur, I imagine, in that area is, is, you're thinking, probably permanently damaged if you mm. don't get this healed. Ugh. Can't have that. Maybe I should find a <laughs> healer. That could be something on your menu uh, for today. Would probably be good. Probably, I would offer, but I don't think that Bart has the, the stuff. I could try to use, uh, you know, just remedies with like you know, bugs and mushrooms and stuff like that. But I don't know maybe, how much you guys know or has a friend or on, knows a good know, healer. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, you go. Exactly. So I'll go with you there. Okay. Talk to him. So then I guess Crow and Karzalek, uh, finding a newspaper and writing your report, is that going to supersede following your party to go with Eliander? Or are you going to say, like, we take care of that and then go to Eliander? It's up to you guys how you want to navigate this, really. Yeah, uh, for Karzalek, that would supersede going to Eliander. I he definitely is okay. still, to some extent, duty-bound and... Des and feels very strongly that he needs sure. to spread word of this back home. Okay. And you guys leave seeing Karzalek writing a report on some parchment that's been furnished to him by the Oland house? Yep, yep. Before okay. then, if, if they still have a moment, Kars would go and ask uh, particularly Bart, knowing him as a resident of the area, if there's anything he wanted to relay back to perhaps his family or if he has sure. close acqu close acquaintances back home as well that's a very good yeah, question you'll you'll Stand you'll notice them. maybe that like bart kind of like stops for a second and almost almost like offhandedly a little bit it's like oh yes you should ask them to check in on maggie that, that would be good and then I... he's just gonna turn around and walk off okay yeah cars will nod to that and he'll i will definitely include that in cars report all right. Very cool. Well, then. Crow, Crow will um, also, I uh, heard 
needs will supersede going with the party as well. And I think what she's interested in doing with any kind of free time before it gets yeah. uh, too late is if she's getting any attention from townsfolk, she wants to kind of casually find out uh, what people know about Romal. Um, Rumors, especially, maybe. Especially seeing that um, that he's yeah. called Vasir. And she's already kind of afraid of him because of this. Um, but she sees him as definitely someone that could be a very valuable ally. Yeah. Like, can he just use magical sight to find Molly? You know? Right. Um, so learning like, like what people think about him, any, you know, sure. any useful information she could possibly glean asking around. Yeah. Give me one second and I will tell you exactly what you can find out in that regard. I just have to look that specific thing up. Is there a gather information skill in 5e? Um, I'm just curious. I was looking I for that. I don't know what like, I would... I, yeah. I think it would be kind of like... Investigation? Ex- yeah. Investigation, yeah. But uh, it, it's like puzzles. how we want to do it. Do we want to do it in a way where I let you make an investigation check to generally glean information off of people? Or, you know, is it more like you She's have to, to be friendly. someone and... Yeah. yeah. So I, I have to just give me one second here. Oh, sure. I'm actually looking in the index here because this is something that the book does affect. Um, if I find it, at least. If um, you had to pick an approach, it would be like the nice persuasive kind of yeah. chats, I guess, and not like intimidating people into telling tell me what, what you know. Tell me about Ramal. Yeah. Who is Ramal? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just looking at it. I remember reading something specifically about this. Like, what is when what? someone asks this question. Yeah. They scream and run away. Why is Ramal? <laughs> Don't speak his name. There's a section that's like, Ramal's <laughs> deal. Here's Ramal's deal. I think that's really, really actually what it's like. And what's the deal with Ramal? <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, so the town scuttlebutt about Ramal is as follows. Um, go ahead and make me an investigation check, and I'll tell you what you find. Get up. Sixteen. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Um, one person that you talked to right away um says oh ramal he's he's a hunk and <laughs> they just seem like he, they admire him and you do remember when you looked at him he looked like ageless like how old is this guy is he 25 or is he 47 he's, he's buff, paul rudd got, he's paul he's rudd, paul rudd. Mm. you know what I ramal was paul played rudd. by paul rudd got it um <laughs> Hey, and, isn't that whitewashing though? Yeah, what the hell? It, I don't know. Oh, sorry. That was... Ramal yeah. was <laughs> a dark skin. To- token I, I, was... yeah, I can't remember. Well, I mean, I'm looking at his token right now. It could. It's. It's. He's Ramal. Uh, I will even say maybe is racially ambiguous. Um, okay. Because. Like Paul Rudd. Like Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he looks like uh, if you 3D printed a human from the internet's oh, database yeah. of humans. Like, you know? like Paul Rudd. Yeah. Like Paul Rudd. Like yeah. that's what would happen. If you say, hey, Google, give me a <laughs> human standard. being. It would give you, <laughs> you just one Paul Rudd. You're like, hi, I'm a human being. 
Um, no, let's let's dial it back here. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, I'll describe to you what Romal looked like. Okay. Okay. He's wearing uh, these flowing black, blue, and crimson robes with like a big crimson sash. Um, they're not like ornate patterns, but they're big, you know, wide bands of color. He's got a long beard that's like black around the mustache and the root, but gray at the tips. Um, he's got one eye that's milky white, and he's got on his face um, a, I wouldn't call it a bindi. It doesn't look like that. It's more like a, a smear of pigment from the forehead down all the way across the bridge of his nose in this red pigment that matches the red on his garb. Uh, he, he doesn't look like someone from anywhere that you've ever heard of or seen in your world. Uh, there's a big brooch in his, uh, in his, I won't even really call it a turban. If I call it a turban, it's for a lack of a better word to describe. It, a large head wrap with a crab brooch of a shining white silver metal. He's got jewelry on all parts of his body uh, that were visible. Uh, silvery buttons as well. Ramal looked like that. I didn't have the time to go into detail on Ramal, but this is how Crow, probably in retrospect, remembers him. Um, okay. The rumors, one person's like, oh, he's a hunk. The other rumors that you get are like, if you say his name, mm. he can hear you. Another one was when you when you say about Ramal and they go, tuh, 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 tuh. this name will not be spoken in this house. Out. And another one says, oh, he's just some broke with powers too big for his britches. And it's sort of just like this rumor mill. Everyone has a different opinion about Romal. He seems like he's been around, quote, forever. Around Rinkabing, forever. Around Rinkabing, quote, forever. Okay. Um, do I get a sense of where, like, geographically, he stays? Where, if, does where he stays? Know? He has a big manor on the western side of town, way down by where you guys saw the miners with the headlamps running mm -hmm. from and the extra guards come uh, where Eliander was roused from up a manor up on the hill uh, uh, Eliander was roused uh, Eliander was at the manor as well or um, in the middle of the night when you guys were at the pier um, he showed up and he was wearing a smoking jacket like he had been woken up in the middle of the night because there was some nonsense with a bully bug uh, and he approached from that side, but that's where he came from, his manor up on the hill. There's a couple of manors up on the hill that you guys actually haven't been to yet, but they're visible from town. Okay. That's where the important rich folks live, maybe. Uh, it, it, most of the important rich folks, I would say, yeah, there are a couple of them that live more urbanly, like in the middle of town, including the big stone-walled uh, and seahorse-gargoyled uh, gate that said Prime Water. That was definitely a big fancy house right in the middle of town. But yeah, that's what you know about Ramal from canvassing around for some time. 
Okay, um, do I hear any stories about what he's done in the past? Like, is this the first time he's taken part in a defense, or is he kind of... Oh, uh, no. This is definitely... He's risen to defend the town on a couple of occasions. Um, okay. They say not often does he fly across the sky, but every once in a while, even on holidays, he would ascend a few feet and shoot some prestidigitation around to amuse the children at a festival or something like that. He's not unfriendly. He's just got a billion different takes of what he's like. Some people think right. he's a monster. Some people think he's a saint. Some people, I think maybe you can go into one house for like five minutes and there's a little old lady and she's got a framed picture of him on the wall. Oh, wow. Interesting. He's he's definitely purposefully culted, uh, cultivated a an image of himself, which yeah, I approve. That's good. Good work. Paul Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd as Paul Rudd. Ramal <laughs> Starsayer. <laughs> all right. Um, that's okay. about all that she would be interested in. I guess she'll just catch up with the rest of the group when they're back. Okay. <clears throat> um. So. Karzalek, I'm going to say you find the paper you're looking for, and you can compile your report, which we'll catch up with later, I'm sure. Yes. Um, as far as... And I'm going to get into the names of things here. I said to you guys, and I think I it may have garbled it over the mic, or you guys just misheard, his name is Wistan... Wiston Wickham. Oh, Wiston. But, okay. But... And this is a little glimpse behind yeah. the screen here i will i wrote that down wrong back in the day then yeah wiston wickham there's another wrinkle though which is there is a town shop here called winston's <laughs> so is that where in our in our <laughs> world it is winston's <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and that's where he is. You ask, you mention even slightly that you are <laughs> that you are looking for Wiston Wickham. And like, you mean of Wiston's? <laughs> it's up there. Like it's right over he's right over there. <laughs> awesome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Cars of goes off to meet Wiston Wickham. Yep. It, it was dark. I swear. <laughs> and you guys also completely avoided that. The only person who passed near that was Trees and Crow, like later on, specifically going towards other things and not like looking for that guy. And there's no, yeah, anyway. So, so <laughs> let's go and catch up with Trees and Bart. All right. Well, Bart's objective here pretty much is to. Find Eliander, right? Find out where Eliander is. Yeah. And gain he's findable. Yeah. He's he's findable. Um, you see him talking outside of the gates of uh, this large building in the middle of town. Let's move back over on the map, actually, to the right map. Um, you find him outside of a manor on the other side from uh, these two buildings. Uh, right at Oland House, you guys see there? Yep. Uh, across the grassy knoll that's at the back side of those buildings, visible from the front door of Oland House, is the grand facade of another manor, 
This is the manor that you guys slinked past in the middle of that cornfield in the middle of the night. Um, and you can see out on their large veranda, uh, Eliander and several other people that look very important are holding court there, dealing with all the wide variety of complaints, uh, inquiries, and problem solving that they need to attend to uh, in this day after their town was attacked. All right, well, I mean, Bart is going to queue up and be kind of aggressively queuing, trying to get to the yeah, front and talk. You, there's like a line uh, to an extent, but when people start to recognize who you are in the line, uh, they, they say, oh, I'll give you my spot, and you get sort of ushered to the front eventually. Uh, and you, you make it there. Gruffly thank people when I get there. If I'm standing in front of Eliander, I'm just going to be and like, go for it. You are. And, and um, I think the only thing that you notice before you speak is that people from the line have now like crowded in behind you and are like standing on each other's shoulders and crowding around trying to see what's about to happen. Go for I it, right I think right before uh, we get to Eliander, I'm like, um, so I met with, uh, Eliander last night when, uh, he was interrogating Cars and I. Very fun. Um, I'm not sure what exactly he knows, but he seems to be, I don't know, I, I, I don't know. I, I just wanted to make sure that you knew that I already talked to him, I guess. And I don't know. I'm not sure if I trust him. Well, I'm not really sure I trust anybody. But these people, and I'm just going to kind of gesture at the important-looking people in the circle, are people who can help. So, and he's going to shrug. Here I am. Going to get some help. Right beside you. And I appreciate that, Trees. We'll see how this goes. All right. And I'll, I'll just sidle up to the front and kind of maybe tap on the table because I'm so short. Be like, Eliander, we need to speak. Yes. Did, did we exchange names? I think I introduced myself to you. I am Eliander. I know this other one of your companions. Um, yes. And yeah, I think briefly, maybe, but in the heat of battle, so yeah, things get lost. Thank you. On yes, behalf of all of us. And he, he reaches out a hand and, like, sweeps it across the whole crowd. On behalf of all of us, thank you for your part. Were it not for you and your companions, I'm not sure what would have happened. And three people second what he says and say, here, here, yes, mm-hmm. And you see the three people standing with him. Uh, there's an older woman, human. There's a older woman who's a dwarf. And there are, uh, I guess, I guess more than three people technically. Uh, <laughs> one is sort of there in in retainer, though. Uh, there's another man, a human, who's around Eliander's age, who's standing there, um, and he's got very fancy garb on. Uh, and behind him is a a butler, uh, sort of like attending to him. Uh, but they all regard you like, here, here, yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Bart will nod and kind of puff his chest up and try to kind of look, I don't know, imp more important than his grimy, like, farmer's clothes communicate. And be like, I think mm -hmm. okay. 
Go for it. I think I step forward and I say like, yes, uh, Bart's cool and calm leadership last night really helped us keep our heads. And uh, it's a very good thing he's here with us. And I'll give him some inspiration right there. Nice. Uh, Bart is going to exclaim kind of to, to... to Eliander, but then also loud enough for people to hear that, like, yeah, my name is Bartholomew Fudd, and I did not come to your town by chance. I came because my daughter is missing. And last night at the end of the battle, we got the first bit of concrete evidence as to where she might have gone. At that, you hear now I, me and my companions are happy to help because we value our life and you seem like good folk here but i need your help now i need resources and i'll like pull out a little like roughly sketched picture of molly that i have that is not good but sure. that's i can do and then i'll exclaim and just kind of tell the plan of like i need i i need resources my companions, we need all the information that you know about the, the haunted manor or whatever it is to the south. This old is it to the west? manor. Yeah, is it to the it's, west? It's to the west. It's like yeah. southwest from here, uh, west along the shoreline, which eventually curves and goes south. Is, is essentially how it works. Uh, I, I would ask the ocean. I would ask for maybe guards to post pictures and perhaps even check down alleyways they don't usually check down someone shouts out from the crowd and they say we've already looked they took them who's that who took the them the bullywogs those damn frogs those fucking patrakens and Bart is going to kind of uh, calm the crowd a little bit that's what I need to find out because Molly was missing, I think, before the frogs came. And I'll look back towards Eliander and like, that's where I need more people. I can only cover so much ground, me and my companions. So I need, I need more bodies. And I need all the information that you know about the manor because I plan on going there later tonight. And Eliander holds up a hand and sort of tries to calm people who are probably a little agitated now. Uh, Perhaps I can yield. Uh, I know in the time of crisis, I have served as your guide through this, but rest assured, the crisis is over. Now we must rebuild, and this reclaiming of, of the people who we have lost is something that the town guard will cede to the council. Uh, Mrs. Oland, Miss Copperlocks, Mr. Solmore, and in absentia, Mr. Primewater, um, I yield to you. And he sort of like takes off this little thing from his armor and puts it on the table. Uh, and the, the crowd sort of like stomps their feet and claps like he did something really good like he's not normally in charge and now he's not anymore bart will turn to them and be like what what say you we bled for your town will you help me
one of the people steps forward and extends a hand to you in introduction. It says, you said something about the manor. You mean yes. the Solmore Manor, the haunted house, as they call it? Yes, that is the information that I got. And to tell you the truth, it's the first bit of solid information we've managed to get. What so. does this have to do with the attack? By the way, I'm Anders Solmore. Pleasure. This is a, a he. Anders. He, he is a human man around the same age as Eliander Fireborn. Um, okay. He looks very fancy and well-kept. Is this the one with the butler? Yes, this is the one with the butler. Mm. And he says he is Anders Solmore. Uh, and you look around and it sort of clicks into position that he must be the host of this gathering right now. Just by the way things are seated, by the way people are standing and looking at him, and maybe uh, the old Soulmore Manor, as you've heard it referred to, maybe this is the new Soulmore Manor. Sure. Bart is going to kind of wave his hand. He's like, I don't think it has anything to do with the attack, but sir, I'm a father who's lost his child. I need to find my child first. If I find my child and you need me to look into why your town was overrun with amphibians I can help with that after why, why do you think you should look there I I do not understand I'm sure everyone here and he looks around to everyone everyone here would agree that our first priority should be mending our wounds seeing to our burnt homes and livelihoods, defending what we have and redoubling our efforts to protect the town and seeking those who were taken from us by the bullywugs. He raises a finger and the crowd goes, yeah, rah. If I might what be What do they frank, have to sir, do with the manor? Uh, if it weren't for us and my compatriot here, uh, you might have a great number more people that you might need to be chasing after, and maybe even not having this entire town standing. So I think that us wanting to find our compatriot's daughter is not such a huge ask in this moment. Of course, of course. I just do not see the connection. Perhaps you may illuminate us. Yes. Well, Bart will kind of interject, not knowing if Trees actually knows this, but like one of the captives at the at the giant pink artichoke in the darkness told me that he saw some kids, one of whom matches very closely to what Molly looks like, going into the manor a couple of days ago. She's been here for a few, I think a couple of, like maybe close to a week or so, attending. She sometimes attends fairs in my stead, and this time she ah. did not come back. And you think that they may have strayed off the path? Yes. Um, coming back up from the fairgrounds towards the manor? She, she was yes. always a little bit... Mm, uh, 
foolhardy, I would say, but it never, never in a way that would endanger anybody, but she could have gotten it in her head that going into the house would have been fun. I don't, uh, I, I don't think I that... do not understand. The, the providence of you being here when we needed you and looking for a missing person when we are missing so many now ourselves seems like the work of a perhaps not one of our gods um you will have our aid but this will need further discussion with uh counselor Copperlocks, counselor fireborn who yes he may have recused himself from the role he was fulfilling during the battle, but he's still valued counsel. And he looks over to him and nods. Um, and, of course, the Olins. Um, Ada. And uh, everyone looks at Ada and, like, kind of bows to her. She's this older woman. And you remember that there was someone at the Oland house that recently died? And you guys stayed there? And this is, like, the first time that you're seeing someone with the name Olin. Mm-hmm. Um, Bart will kind of uh, like shift eyes to her hearing this like just a little bit and then just say this more um, I well I am asking for your help I am also asking for your understanding I again I am missing my child and when I told you that the last bit of information that I got was that she had wandered into the Soulmore Manor and that I was going to go look there Tonight, I plan on doing that. Very well, but will you? I, I not only are you are you welcome to Anders says it is after all my property. Um, you're welcome to, and I will help you with whatever you need. Answer any questions you may have, but. Will you promise, in return, to seek out the cause of all this malice and hatred and death? And he gestures around at the town with the smoking remnants of it. Those horrible Batrachian monsters! Bart will nod. I, I will help you rebuild after I find my child. And reclaim our lost people? Yes, of course. Again. We are thankful. We are are not bad bad folk. One one of our members is a militia from Slosh Glacier. We are good people. You help me and I will help you. I do not wish to see unwanted and unneeded suffering among kind peoples. I will, I will stay Eliander. here with you today. We can talk over the plans, and then I will leave this evening. Eliander um, kind of vouches for you. He says they're not just good folk. Some of the better I fought with. My life depended on theirs, and uh, we were able to, when the guard were stretched thin, Pull this out of our asses, if you understand. Uh, speaking um, of the fight last night, I was wondering if I could uh, 
get some sort of uh, expert to get a look at this as I peel back my sleeve to <laughs> show oh, God. this disgusting wound to all these the people. The crowd goes, <gasps> oh, no. Uh, and someone says, oh, oh no, no, man, it's fine, that's everybody. nasty. If you, want, if you want to get a whiff, feel free. <laughs> free of charge. Okay. Uh, uh, the dwarf comes over and she uh, flicks down this like little switch from uh, a, a helmet that she's wearing. And um, it like reveals this monocle that goes like into a zooming mechanical uh, like gear winding uh, process where it, it looks really closely at your wound. And she like puts on a glove as she's looking at you. Be careful, I'm very beautiful. <laughs> and then she like, doesn't touch you, but like hovers her finger over the wound and says, ah, no. And then takes a step back. Was that, was that a spell? Ah, uh, no, no. <laughs> I don't think it would. No, it, it wouldn't if I, if I casted it. Ah, uh, we'll send you to the temple. Oh, fabulous. Um, when you're done here, the hill, the Temple of Calypso. There's a priest there. He'll see to you. Ah, thank you so much, sir. Um, and she looks at you and uh, oh, like, thanks, yeah. thanks you. Like she, she looks at you and is, is uh, pretty, like, genuinely looking at you with compassion. Like, yeah, she's grossed out by your wound, but you know, she's like, thanks, dude. Um, I, I return the look of genuineness and like. I'm really thankful that our paths brought us here at this moment to be able to help you all out. So, if there's anything that we can do, I think we're here to help, but also we are here to find Molly. Of course, we understand. Um, and I think that at that, the meeting sort of putters out and the matter is settled. You guys will have what you need within reason, of course. They're on the back foot now as a town. Whatever problems they had two days ago now are much more complicated. is Ghost of Salt Marsh, but it's, it's Rinkoping. Um, I have a whole chapter called Downtime in Salt Marsh. And it, there's a lot of stuff that can happen there. So figure out what shopping you guys want to do, selling and buying, what stores you want to visit. If you want, I can just give you a list of the stores even. Um, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Go to the Temple of Calypso and you go to have this wound healed. That would be great. 
Okay, so... Who's this Calypso? I talk to the priest, making small yeah. talk as they're inspecting me. <laughs> uh, you walk up into this temple up by the cemetery. Um, and it is... You, you see that as it's getting closer to dusk, it's not quite, it's late afternoon right now still. This is all happening all at the same time, kind of. We're doing a lot of table talk, not a lot of actual time passing. Um, there is this congregation of people here just past the temple by the cliff's edge. A lot of them are wearing all white clothing, but you enter and you see this uh, older human man with long white hair. Uh, he's bald on, on his head, uh, but he's got long, like, wispy hair on the sides and a long white beard. He's swaying back and forth, wearing this white cloth as well, looking out at the congregation. And you come up to him and you, you talk to him, and he says, Hi. Oh, you're hurt. I'm almost all tapped out. Oh, yeah, a bit late in the day. But it looks I, I know a little the different than the others, and he waves his hand across your wound as you sort of stand on the steps of this temple. You ask about Calypso. Calypso! She's the god of change. She's everything and nothing. And it's transformation from one into the other. And right now, you've got something in your shoulder. When you talk about changing one thing from another, you mean like from copper to silver? Change or? Maybe over a million years. Okay. More like a change in the weather. A change in one's heart. A change in your fate. A change of king or country or what kind of crop you get that year. I can appreciate that. Just pulling up some stats. Have I heard of Calypso? Um, yeah, I think you've heard of Calypso. I think Calypso is one of the gods where it's like, oh yeah, sailors worship Calypso. It's like how we can colloquially, colloquially talk about like Neptune and that kind of stuff. The god of the sea. Um, <coughs> It's it's like that. Yeah, it's, Calypso is the god of the sea, which also has the domains in this world of chaos and change and uh, that kind of stuff. The wind and the sky and the storm and all that sort of wrapped in one. Granny Winds probably used to tell me stories about something about Calypso. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that there are certain travelers whose patron is Calypso, you know, always wanting a favorable wind. Um... So let me finish reading this text here really quickly. So it's as as you talk with this cleric, uh, he invites you inside, and he introduces himself. The name's Welgar Brinehanded. Brinehanded. Yes. I shake his hand and I lean down to smell it. It's salty and wet. <laughs> True to the name. And and he takes a bucket of salt water and flicks some at you. Welcome. Oh. <laughs> and you guys go wet. inside <laughs> the temple of the sea. And uh, in in the back of this temple is this humongous statue of this woman who is, I, I mean, 
woman, but like refracted into a million like fractals, kind of, where every part of her body is like a multiplication of the other, if that makes sense. Um, cool. Yeah, no. For and sure. it, it's just, it's sort of like, um, uh, almost like a, one of those, you know, figures with many arms, but it's like many all of the body. Um, and but there's a couple of uh, eyes in the center that just like fix on you when you walk into the temple. And uh, up at the altar, he beckons you to sit and waves a hand over your wound one more time. And I need you to make me a fortitude save. A fortitude save. Because these are not things that are in Dungeons and Dragons. Fifth edition. Uh oh. So Bro. that would be a Constitution saving throw, if I understand, right? That yeah. Sounds like it translates. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I don't get anything special about this. Just a plus one. Right. Uh, is a, ooh, I rolled an eighteen plus one is nineteen. Yes. Okay. Good roll. Yeah. He he takes his hand away and furrows his brow for a second and says, oh, I've seen this before. Just a moment. And he takes out a kettle and boils some salt water until it is frothing. And then he dips his hand. Very eye contact with it. Yeah, he's in an you like, yes, yes. And then he reaches his hand in the boiling salt water and then reaches out and grabs your shoulder like, ah! And out of your shoulder pops this sack. (laughs) And it is translucent, but covered in blood. I think I grab the priest like with my claws and like accidentally sink them into him. (laughs) And he starts screaming again. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys are both screaming together, I guess, as as he wrenches this thing out of you. And you can see clearly inside of this, this egg sack, there is a tiny polywog form. My child. And uh, <laughs> your wound is so painful, you take five damage. Yeah, was love. But he quickly waves a hand over you because you are in the presence of a cleric and heals it right back. Ah, oh, you holy man. Thank you so much. And he lets go of you and sits down on the altar, like really unceremoniously with you. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, you, you got that right, priest. Father, what, what do you go by? Ah, uh, Welgar. Uh, ca- call me Welgar. Y- you Sometimes Welgar. people call me Willy. Uh, thank you, thank you, Willy. Oh, what's your name again? Bush. S- <laughs> Speaks with trees. Speaks, Speaks with trees. trees oh man. Okay, and he pat pats you. Um. And he's like, all right, well, I have a ceremony to lead in a little bit here, but I'm going to need a drink. Do you want one? Uh, yeah, that, that sounds like it'd be good. 
And I think we see, uh, as the scene ends here, you guys clinking these clay mugs of this disgusting alcohol that he has. And you guys just down a little bit and both grimace like, ah, and he says, ah, yeah, it's bad, isn't it? Yeah. Is this, this is Calypso's stuff or is this- Clam like your... juice is one of my oh. special ingredients. Very brine-handed of you. Mm, yes. <clears throat> oh, ceremonial, but anyway. And it just it fades out. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and you are back <sighs> healed. Um, uh, what do you do with the sack? Because he's like, I don't want it. You don't want... Are you sure? No, get it out of here. Okay. I guess I hold it in my hands. Uh, do you have anything I could put it in, maybe? He just like holds up, like he empties out a spittoon. And he's like, ah, no, hold on, wait. And he takes one of those salt water buckets and he's like, it's a nice clay uh, bucket here for you. You can put a lid on it even. I don't, I don't, okay. you should probably burn it. I would burn it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I just, I have a feeling that uh, some of my friends might be curious to see Do you my know what this is? Here. I think it's like uh, we were fighting these crazy Bratrachian, bra these froggy, froggy guys. Yes, well, and uh, one of them bit me uh, in the shoulder here. Some of the uh, creatures from the swamp reproduce parasitically. That's frankly terrifying. This um, this one was no bullywug. They call them a slavd. Ooh, yuck. Well, this one, your knowledge, he, sir. he points at it. This monster is a tadpole. Maybe I can you, uh, train him to be, you know, a good slad when, when he no, grows up. No, no, they're, um, they need to consume to reproduce. And it seems to drive them more than anything. We've tried, uh, uh Gripply is one thing, but in, you ever meet someone who looks like me and you? And he gestures, and we look different, you and I, I Ain't that the truth. You meet someone though who looks like me and you, mostly, and they just want to do horrible things like eat flesh of another living being or you know, kill things for no reason or I I tell you one time I met a, a, a feather from the swamp he, he was friendly at first we shared a campsite but then he started building these things out of his own shite it was I couldn't hang out with him he's just always taking things out of his own butthole and, you know, I no, I have no judgment on him, but I just I don't want to be around that. Yeah, that, you know? that that sounds a little unpleasant. I can understand that. Oh, right. But uh, there are things out there that are far less innocent than uh, making yourself a morning breakfast with your own shite. But those things weren't raised by Rumble Mountains. As I look at the little thing I'm holding uh. in my in my hand. Uh, and he, he points at the statue of Calypso, and he says, Things do not stay the same, and the nature of change is that if you want something to be one way, 
unless your force of will is so strong that you can make it be so, and she approves, you will be disappointed. Do not try to change the ways. Just accept things as they are and flow from one state to the next. And he sort of wiggles his body in a, in a wiggly form for, at you. I rolled to see if I understood what that meant, and I don't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he, 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 he looks at you like, like, like it's not clicking, and he wiggles a couple more times at you like, hey, no. All right. Well, I, I healed you. Get out of yeah. here. But I, I owe you much. No, I, no. get out I of here. Him, I give him out. ten gold for Calypso. Oh, thank you. Get out. <laughs> Go find my friends. Good Thanks. Well he takes the gold. Trees leaves the Temple of Calypso after being healed by Welgar Brian Handed, uh, having an interesting conversation with him as he prepares for the evening sermon he's about to deliver to people at the Leap. Um, you guys go shopping, and you encounter all sorts of different characters as you do so. Um, as the shopping concludes, do you guys want to attend the evening memorial? Absolutely. Yeah, I would definitely mention that. Want to attend it. Everyone? Yes. Uh, uh, sorry. Part well with the uh, understanding that the plan is to then get 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 out of here. Go down to the, the manor, manor, the old Solmar Manor. Got to do it at nighttime, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, got you it. wanted to learn something more from Anders in the meantime. Yes. Well, we, we can get any, maybe I'll time. seek him out at this event and talk to him while this is happening. Sure. Um, he's he's uh, not at this event, actually. Oh. But you can seek him out so, instead of that, and we can act that out in a minute. But I want to know... Who's at the event? Trees. Yeah, Bart. Bart will go elsewhere. Okay. Cars will attend the event. Okay. So, outside of the Temple of Calypso, after a shopping trip with the gang, Trees, Karzalek, and Crow make their way up to the cliffs overlooking the burned out husk of the old fish canneries and warehouses down at Crabber's Cove. There's a portion of the cliff here that is so steep that it, you think if you jumped, put your token where it is, you think if you jumped, you would just go straight into the water. And people are swaying and wearing this white clothing and singing these sort of nautical-sounding hymns. One group at a time, multiple people sometimes at once, leap off the cliff. And from your perspective there, it looks like they are committing suicide. But you see them land, flash down into the water, and down at the beach, trees you recognize not too far from one of the sand dunes that you hid behind there are more people wearing white clothes that are there to pull them out of the water and bring them to safety and give them blankets and hot tea and usher them back to another building somewhere else and it's evident in this ceremony that 
people who lost someone, though they're more used to losing someone at sea and never seeing them again, or hoping that someday by some strange turn of fate, they'll see them. They jump off the cliff in a ceremonial gesture, giving themselves to Calypso, hoping they land in safety. Wow. That is, that's beautiful. That is nice. So. I'm still holding my tadpole and I'm like, I think I'm gonna name him Fred. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I don't know who's um. holding that. <laughs> you better be holding this stuff. We'll, we'll, this we'll talk be... about what what we talked about. I, I have so name. many ideas. For... Yeah. This is gonna I'm be curious. so strange. I'll tell you that. We got the um. star, we got Fred. We're really we're grabbing our own little menagerie of uh of uh, yep. animals here, aren't we? Um, <laughs> Ibi on call, you know. This is going to be Death Stranding. You're going to have a tadpole and a backpack that you're just going to... Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. I can already picture this, and it's going to be so crazy. Oh, I'm going to have to ask many times, so what about the uh, the tadpole? Is the tadpole blah, 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 blah? Oh, my God. Um, the chat, the okay. tadpole is my baby. Oh, the the chat tadpole is your baby. I will say I have, I have a very different I idea than you have for oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm going to keep it for now, though. Is it similar to the fate of Petey the bird? <laughs> no, no, no. Not at all. Not okay. At all. Okay. Just checking. Um, yeah. Okay. So that ceremony concludes, right? And you guys went shopping. And the day ends. Night has come. And you guys have agreed you're going to go and follow up on your last lead on the whereabouts of Molly, the motivation behind a lot of this expedition. You've learned so much since then. But as you make your way west and then winding along the coast south, you reach a crossroads. The signs say Rinkobing, back towards where you came from. You've walked through the walls, bullywugs, corpses are still burning in a pyre outside of. And then to the right here, back towards the west, into the marsh, is the fairgrounds. You can see some dilapidated looking shacks and one big central building, not too far off. Another turn is to a great mansion upon the cliffs overlooking the ocean. And the clear night twinkles with starlight and you guys approach the gate of this manor. And the camera pans down into the dirt with the worms and other critters until eventually it reaches the same starry sky and the mansion some other time. A group of teenage miscreants joke and jostle outside the gates with a firm padlock across the wrought iron, much like the cemetery that Crow picked. And we'll pick up there next time. Bravo. Very nice. Awesome. We got there. You got there. <laughs>